This is the Alone With Our Principles podcast, episode 11. Only the meek get pinched, the bold survive. I'm Eric. And I'm Chris, and we're both elementary school principals in the Asperia Unified School District in Southern California. On this episode, we talk about the role assistant principals play in the school culture and community with our special guests, Jennifer Calderon from Asperia Junior High and Mike Ponce de Leon from Mesquite Trails Elementary. Alone With Our Principles is unofficially sponsored by In-N-Out Burger. We don't really have a witty one-liner for this, but if it helps our chances of scoring a free double-double, it's worth a try. Don't mess with the bully, young man. You'll get the horns. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. So far this semester, he has been absent nine times. I'm the principal, man. All right. Well, welcome, Jen. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate you taking time on the Friday before Thanksgiving break. I know we're all excited. Um, anybody going anywhere exciting this Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, just kidding. Nobody's going anywhere. In fact, here in Southern California, I think I have to be home by 10 o'clock. Yes, that's correct. That, 10.01, you yeah. are breaking the rules. Well, the, the funny thing is, uh, when, when my wife and I got the news of the 10 o'clock curfew, we were like in a blanket on our couch watching a movie, getting ready to go to bed at, at 7.45. <laughs> exactly. So I don't think this is going to be a problem for me. It's not going to hurt me too much. No, I think we're okay. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I'm not up past 10 ever. Right. right. So I'm good. I'm not I try quite, not to be up before Try five. not to. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not quite sure what it solves. If you, know, if you want to keep people off the streets, I think we should only be able to go out between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Yeah, you right. stay home the rest of the time, nothing spreads. But yeah, these two weeks true. are supposed to cure all right now. Uh, let's hope. Fingers crossed. So, all right, so we're going to start as we always do by having our guests kind of tell your experience and background, what got you into the profession, and kind of the path that led you to your current role as assistant principal. So we'll start with you, Jen. Awesome. Well, I am Jennifer Calderon. I started as a teacher at Oak Hills, actually, Hesperia High School. I taught there for two years. That is my alma mater. I graduated from there. So I taught there. Oak Hills Open jumped uh, ship from Hesperia High. Sorry, Michelle Estrada. Um, <laughs> then I went to Oak Hills. Um, I was there for eight years. Loved my time there. It was a big family for me. It was a really tough decision in me wanting to leave there, but I knew I wanted to take a different role in my career. So I left there, um, was able to get hired at Rancho Middle School. Thanks, Isaac. <laughs> um, and from there, I was there for two years, and now I am the assistant principal at Spirit Junior High. So it's been a very wild ride the last uh, four years, I will say. Um, yeah, I think I, so a story, the story goes is my mom always said I wanted to be a teacher. I would walk around with a piece of paper and a pencil behind my ear and would just <laughs> write notes and take notes about everything. And I always asked her, what did I have? Like, what was my information? She's all, I think it was a lot of lists and like shapes and things like that. It was also nothing profound. She's all, no, but I knew you wanted to be a teacher. But, How old um, were you when this was going on? I want to say like five or six, but my brothers would probably say till I was like 13. I can, you see, you, I can see you like in a restaurant or a grocery store, this little kid writing things down and the waiter's getting all nervous. Like, what's <laughs> a kid taking notes on? I do not like the chicken nuggets. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Macaroni I'm, and cheese is a little dry. I'm pretty sure if we asked my mom, she'd probably be like, here, here's the notes that she would draw. So she keeps everything. So um, that was kind of like my my path. But in high school, I was really fond of sciences. So I wanted to actually be pre-med. I was pre-med. Um, this is a personal story. But in college, due to the path that I was taking, I actually um, quit being pre-med. I had a panic attack uh, my junior year in college. 
uh, because of the stress and everything that came along with it. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go into education. And uh, I will say that panic attacks are probably a common occurrence now in this role. <laughs> and I'm sure as I step into the principal role, it might actually happen more so. But Oh, no, it gets way easier. Uh, yeah, of course, as, I, as I'm seeing. So that's kind of <laughs> my history. they cannot see your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's... your look of, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of my path in my journey to where I'm at now. And I did mean to ask, because I've been in elementary my whole career, the difference, because I know there's several administrators that are secondary schools. What, is there a difference, I'm sure there is, between an assistant principal and a vice principal at the middle school yes, level? Yes, it is vastly different. Um, my role as a vice principal was strictly discipline and a little bit of dabbling here and there in instruction, but it's heavily just discipline. So a lot of my day was very grueling just in getting past the um, emotional side of, okay, you're suspended, or I'm dealing with this very explicit situation of, you know, something that happened with kids. So that was very um, rough, I think, the first two years as I jumped in because, you know, uh, my time as a teacher, I was in, with ASB. It was all like the happy-go-lucky stuff, so it was very night and day. But, um, yeah, very different. And assistant principal role where I'm at now is strictly um, instructional. A lot of support with um, instruction along with supporting the principal. All so. right. Mr. Ponce de Leon, welcome. Right. It's good to have you here. Why don't you take Thank us through you your guys. background and experience? Well, for me, it was quite the opposite. I was not walking around with a piece of paper and a pencil behind my ear. I did not want to be a teacher at all. Uh, my aunts are both teachers. My mom's a teacher. My sister's a teacher. We have teachers all over the family. And that just didn't seem exciting to me. It seemed a little bit boring. And plus, they always brought me into their classrooms. And I was always the helper, the volunteer. I used to have to cut out everything because they all teach, you know, kinder and preschool. So... I didn't want to sing, and that's all I saw teachers do was a lot of singing and coloring. <laughs> that's a new one. Yeah. I'm going to be a teacher because I can't and sing. So, I, you know, when I was younger, it didn't have that appeal to me. And But I did want to do so many different types of jobs growing up. I always say, even to this day, I wish I could be cloned so I can try so many different jobs. There's so many things that excite me out there. But I actually went to college and uh, wanted to go for architecture, and that's what I liked a lot until I started taking psychology classes. I'm like, wow, maybe I could be a school psychologist and accounts or something along those lines. And then I started substitute teaching, and once I started substitute teaching, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with having all those students in my classroom and giving them information and guiding them and motivating them and just you know talking to them and sharing my experiences as a student. And I'm like, well, I can really do this. I would love to be a teacher now that I'm seeing this side of it and talk to you know 30 minds at a time and influence them. And so I started subbing a lot more and you know, I started taking my teaching credential class and I tried to fly through all that and all of a sudden the recession hit and they weren't hiring teachers as quickly as they wanted them to. And so I subbed for six years, which was so long. That's a long time. Uh, wow. yeah. you get a I lot did of not sub at all, so I commend yeah. you. Yeah. And I, I did, did one year. That was enough. Yeah, I, did, I did two or three. And yeah. people yeah. always ask me, what was wrong with me? I don't know. But in <laughs> six years, I did everything from long-term psychology classes to uh, Spanish to uh, the behavior classes. I did everything from elementary all the way to the high school, and I really loved uh, the high school level. Um, but after six years, I was desperate to take anything, and I interviewed for a fourth grade position, and uh, Ben Skinner, great principal, took me and made me a sixth grade teacher, which I loved, because I was a little bit older, 
And I was so excited to finally get my chance. And I, in those six years, it was a long time subbing, but I was a sponge and I was taking everything I could, you know, from the teacher's walls, the ideas that I would take from them. Uh, you speak. didn't literally take things. No, I didn't. I wasn't, yeah. Okay. As I was saying, <laughs> as I was coming, <laughs> <classroom library>. took <laughs> things <laughs> off the walls. I got some great I stuff from me. Oh, anything. yeah. No, I was ready to go. The desk drawers found some great <laughs> things in there. <laughs> I was never short on pens. Yeah. But, I, you know, as I was coming out of my mouth, I didn't know that sounded wrong. But, no, I was taking as many ideas as I could, and I think I was ready to go. And that's one thing I did say I remember in my teacher interview when I was waiting for somebody to pick me up was, I feel like a minor league. I've been in the minor leagues for so long. I, you know, I am ready to go. Give me a shot to put me in the bigs. The wager and, right there, Eric, at the 8 minute and 11 second mark is when he brought up baseball. So, uh, so we knew, we knew <laughs> at some point the baseball minutes. reference was coming. So he spent a lot of time in AAA. That's right. Yeah. Called up to the show. And, uh, but, you know, Mr. Skinner was great. And I remember one of the first few weeks of school, he pulled me into the, my office and we we're talking about different things. And he said, have you ever thought about going into administration? And I said, absolutely not. I'm just glad after six years that I was finally given the chance to have my own classroom. He said, well, do everything I tell you for the next five years, and you'll be an admin. And that's exactly what happened. I He awesome. he guided me the right way, and I did what he said, and I couldn't be more grateful to him. And now I'm in my third year as an AP over at Mesquite Trails Elementary, and I love every bit of it. And one thing that I did want to ask you about, um, it was a couple of years ago I saw that you were uh, subject of a on the news, uh, it was like a viral video that went around that um, had a lot for of views. Uh, yeah, for for yeah. A, for a handshake that you had worked out with a student of yours. Uh, why don't you tell that story? Because it was it was getting a lot of attention for a while. It was uh, really fun, and it was something that just came naturally. I actually, in my years subbing, I had subbed for these triplets in uh, the Snowline School District, and you know, all the time went by that I was subbing, that I was teaching in my last year teaching. I had their youngest sister. She was in my class, and she was totally different from her uh, brothers and sisters that I had known many years ago. She was very quiet, and I said, well, there has to be something I can do to kind of break her out of her shell. And I said, you know, the first Friday I went up to her, I'm like, hey, let's do like a fist pump. And then the next Friday, we added another thing to it. And we just kept adding something to it every single Friday, and we'd practice it. And by the end of the year, it was over a minute long. And I don't even know how I remembered it. Now I try to go back and remember it. And I can't at all. Maybe you can um, go to the same place at the same, same, place. Yeah, same time. If I ever run into her again, maybe it'll just come naturally. I've thought right. about that. And it was just something really cool. And she was all about it. The, our whole class would get around us in a big circle. And we would do our handshake. And they loved it. They would just cheer us on. And we messed up many times along the way. But it was very, very cool. And... Her sister, once she left me that last day of school, she asked for a video of it. So I sent her the video, and I didn't even know that she posted it on Twitter. The next morning, former students started texting me and saying, Hey, you're famous, Mr. Ponce. You're famous. <laughs> what are you talking about? And they're like, the, the video's gone viral. Yeah, it did. It took off. And it was just on Instagram. I think there was at one point like 15 million views. Wow, that's insane. And, and that's something that students yeah. going to remember forever. Exactly. Oh, forever. And we'll always be connected in that way, which yeah. is cool. I got calls from Good Morning America and a lot of different stations. It was really awesome. That's nice. Great. Very cool. My office is right across that hall. Any monkey business So now it's time to do the quiz. Like we do every week, we have three questions that we ask all of our guests, and you can answer it in various ways, but it's designed to let our listeners uh, learn a little bit about more, uh, more about you uh, outside of the school setting. Uh, so let's see. Let's start with you, Jen. 
Um, start, uh, we'll start with uh, question one is a funny or memorable story from when you were a student in school. And la on the last episode, uh, Mr. Plesha helped us expand. So funny or memorable or embarrassing is also well in play. So feel free, a story from when you were a student. I feel like I have several and uh, it's crazy being in this district and being an admin in this district because I grew up here. So I pretty much know um, all of my superiors, McCollum, Forrest. You're working with people that knew I you know. as a student, right? That's crazy. So I, I can't There's really a lot of fact checkers I can't out really there. hide from a lot of these yes. stories, but um, I don't think my uh, elementary school teacher is present anymore in this district, so I think I can gladly say this. Uh, my friends and I were walking around, I believe it was fifth or sixth grade, just around um, the campus at Maple Elementary, and we were walking all in a line, and I remember just keep walking and of course I'm talking gabbing with my friends and sure enough I straight up hit the pole the basketball pole go oh, straight no in geez. fall back down you know that kind of thing luckily no ambulance were called that kind of thing but that was one thing that sticks out um I just think the memorable part for me was uh Larry Porce when I was a senior I was ASB president I was able to give a speech it was actually Larry Porce's first year as a principal oh, wow. so that's something memorable that him and I share um just getting to talk about it and uh, just how much, uh, not only like he's cared for me, but he's just a fantastic leader. Like he's genuine. He tells you exactly what he wants to say. Um, but he always allowed me to go into his office, talk with him. And I think that relationship was formed that senior year and it carried with me. And just throughout the years, he's always um, allowed me to stretch myself and grow, but also mentored me along the way. So that's something that I cherish. Nice. What about you, Mike, a story from when you were a student in school? Uh, memorable or funny, we'll take, I guess. We'll take embarrassing. <laughs> but, you know, it, one thing that just always stands out, because as the assistant principal, I deal with a lot of discipline issues in elementary school. So, you know, a kid might be getting in trouble and it's suspended. And I try to, you know, shed light on my experiences. And I, I could always reflect back, well, hey, I've been suspended too. The only problem with that is that everybody then wants to know, like, what were you suspended for? The story. <laughs> and then my stories aren't good. And actually, I got suspended in like the same month and twice, twice in the same month. Oh, and, I'm shocked right now. And, <laughs> oh yeah. And, and it's, I was a straight A student, straight O's in citizenship. And I was not the type that would get suspended. And, but, and the stories aren't even cool. It was, <laughs> uh, I was in eighth grade and we would run cross country around the entire school. And I was in an eighth grade class, even though I was a seventh grader with two other friends and the uh, eighth graders were always pants each other as they were running across the country <laughs> and yep. the you know the, the teacher said you know the next person who does it will get suspended and mm -hmm. I was like well you know he won't catch me I'm out there doing cross country <laughs> I had never once done it before I've never been part say. of that but one of the eighth graders pants me and I said I'm not gonna let him get away with it of course not. and I mm -hmm. ran after him I pantsed him back and I look down to the field. Uh, in the distance, I see Mr. Reed standing there with his arms crossed. As soon as I come in from running the mile, go to the office, and that was my first suspension there. If you had ever watched, if you watch hockey or played hockey, you would learn the valuable lesson: they never catch the first one; they always catch the retaliation. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it was. The guy who did it, you know, he got. No suspension, nothing got off scot-free, and here I was being suspended for the first time. And all I, I was more scared of my mom at that point. <laughs> I went home and I punched yeah. the stairs knowing that she was coming and she was going to be so mad at me. And the second suspension was my aunt took me to dye my hair red, the tips of my hair red, which I, I'm not that okay. type of person would ever do that. 
And the principal walked up to me and said, hey, I love the ride. Now go wash it out. And I said, it doesn't wash out. It's dyed. He's like, okay, then you have to do a suspension. So neither wow. story. Wow. Where, where was this? This is crazy. Neither story was cool, Anna. So they're pretty awful. Yeah, but I mean, suspended for... Hair color. Oh, yeah, that... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Before I go on, <laughs> uh, segue into the next question. I don't know if we did mention that Miss Lewis is here. We did not. Because oh, for the first oh, time, in our defense, because God knows we need one, uh, she's on the screen. She is virtually attending our, our podcast today. Right. So, uh, but uh, we you could have jumped her. in at any time, I Carrie. Know. No, she could have. But Miss Lewis, welcome. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so she is here, our customary audio specialist, fact checker extraordinaire. So she is joining us in our podcast. I love that I'm going to fact check you right now. I love that you're seeming like you forgot to introduce me because I'm not in the room with you, but you forgot to introduce me so many times already. I didn't make it. No, I I wasn't. I didn't make that excuse. I did. And I was going to say, I I didn't mean to make it appear that that was anything other than me just forgetting. Um, So sorry, Carrie. You were on a roll. It was good conversation. All right. I digress. <laughs> that should have been the title of the podcast. I, I digress. But I digress. Um, or just, I forgot. I forgot. That. Mr. Pons, we'll start with you this time. What's All the right. best job you've had outside of education? You can't say subbing. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of hey, stealing. Armed robbery outside of the school setting was yeah, also. I think that's that's and more for the next question. Oh, hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do in your spare time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stealing is not a job. It's an adventure. It's not. <laughs> well, my I think the most fun I had besides um, teaching and assistant principal was I was a DJ for about four years. Me and my best friend. This is why he won all the games in the student services workshop. That's right. Sorry. That explains yeah. it. Name that band trivia. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> but yeah, we were subbing still, and you know we wanted to make extra money. So me and my friend, who were both subbing, who we'd been best friends since sixth grade, one of the teachers at Serrano who did the ASB said, "Hey, I'll buy you all the equipment if you just do our dances for free." That's awesome. And so we did all their homecoming, or formal proms for free, but we were able to use the equipment all around the high desert and weddings and everything. Everything else. That's very cool. And so we stayed very busy, and so we DJ at Oak Hills. This very first dance ever oh, was really? us, and I every was high there. School. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's, <laughs> See, that's, that's awesome. Small so that was, that was a blast. That was a great time for me. Very cool. Jen, how about you? Um, the best job I've ever had outside of current field. Well, I love teaching. Um, I would say the best job I had was I worked it in and out for seven years. So it's so funny that they were our un- unofficial sponsors. But now that we have that connection. Yes, you do have this connection. Yeah. So, now, to be completely transparent, In-N-Out Burger comes up in pretty much every episode. Yes, I will say, and I will say, I, uh, my family. So, I'll give you a little background first, and I'll explain another reason why it was my favorite job. So, um, my dad actually worked for In-N-Out for 25, no, 30 years. So, he um, was a truck driver. He worked in the warehouse, and he kind of got my brothers and I a job. First brother, I love him, but uh, he didn't last very long at In-N-Out. I don't think he liked the structure. <laughs> um, my other brother, uh, he worked there. He actually got me my job along with my dad. Um, I worked with him for two years and that was probably just a good experience because he would obviously protect me and shelter me from a lot of different things. But I think just the um, camaraderie amongst the employees and the values that they have, uh, that really allowed me to grow a lot and kind of step out of my shell. I'm not very outgoing as one would think I am. (laughs) Um, I'm very quiet and um, my brother really allowed uh, 
me to grow there. I will say this, one of the memorable, embarrassing moments there. Um, so at In-N-Out, if you're not aware of the structure, you start in the dining room cleaning, and then you work your way up to cooking. So I was maybe a month on the job, and my brother gets on the microphone, and he's like, I would just like to wish my sister a very happy birthday. Oh. It was not my birthday. Oh, jeez. And uh, he uh, continued to sing on the microphone, and the whole uh, restaurant decided to sing, and I was embarrassed. And I was like, I hate you. Don't ever do that again. Needless to say, he did it the rest of the day. Of so course. that was super fun. Um, but just the company. Um, I worked up here at the High Desert in both uh, stores, but I also worked down in a uh, store near Disneyland. I will say it's the most grueling job. Uh, you have to move fast and you have to um, be efficient. But it um, was the most rewarding just because they take care of their employees. We would go uh, go-kart go racing. We would go to hockey games, box seats, just different wow. things. Um, you name it, they just gave it to you because, you know, you're producing um, a good product for them. And customer service was everything. I think that job alone has allowed me to grow exponentially just in regards to customer service. Yeah, there's, a, there's a leadership book uh, written. I don't know if it was written by one of the employees or, or managers of In-N-Out, but it's about the In-N-Out culture. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's really, really interesting to read and a lot of good leadership tips in that too. So I agree as a former in and out associate for over right. six years. Um, yeah. I think I've shared before in the podcast that I learned, I learned work ethic. I learned, mm -hmm. you know, if there's time to lean, there's time to clean. Oh, <laughs> yes. That is a number you know, one. Yes. That was it. But, but yeah, that family oriented business structure and the mm -hmm. annual picnics and, yes. you know, all the things. And, and you're right because it's so fast paced and it's so frenetic and, and you are very, very busy. You have to learn how to work as a team. That, that store will not operate if you cannot all get on the same page and work together. When you do and when it's all working and flowing, it's fun. It is so yeah. much fun. Everybody's in sync yeah. and you're the, the busiest fun. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. So in the last question on our quiz, and uh, we'll start with you, Jen, uh, just to go back and forth like that. Uh, what is a skill, talent, or hobby of yours that would surprise your students and colleagues? We always like this one because we found out we have people in the district who are great cooks, um, great free throw shooters, guitarists, woodworkers. There, there's a lot of talent in the district. So, uh, so what would you say is one of your hobbies or interests? I was joking with uh, my boss before I came. I had to kind of go over a little bit of the answer so I didn't sound like a complete dork, but we were just joking. He's like, you're really good at spreadsheets. And I'm like, okay, this is so rude. I was like, you're so mean. So I was like, okay, yes, I love my Google. Everybody knows that. But um, I think another part for me that I just became familiar with, I'm no pro or anything like that, but I do enjoy woodworking. Um, I've done board and batten in my house, and I'm trying to build furniture right now. I have all the wood. Um, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. But I will say this. When I am doing a project it's very soothing it's relaxing for me i like that part of it so um i'm trying to make furniture i won't say i'm a pro but i think that's something that it's it's a hobby it's something that i'm trying to be good at but nothing grand yeah. Yeah, it was mr kirk wasn't it? It was yeah time yeah. yeah all right mike oh uh, for me uh i think it falls more into hobbies since i'm not that talented uh, but I do uh, play the conga drums and the bongo drums, um, and so I love like hand percussion, and that was something that was just instilled in me from a very young age. I would always at our big parties in my family, we'd have the Cuban music going very loud, the salsa music, and people would bring their drums, and all the guys in my family had you know at least one drum, and I, that's always something I wanted. I remember looking back at this little journal I had uh, when I was in elementary school, and I had a, a goal list there. Number one was to have a conga drum one day and buy myself it. So I one day bought myself a set, 
and I love to play them, even though I don't think I'm that well, but I think I can carry a beat pretty well, and I'll probably drive my neighbors really crazy, because <laughs> I like music loud, I, so I don't listen to music if it's going to be quiet, so I listen to it loudly, and I play along with it, and it's a lot of fun, but it, like you said about woodwork, it, you know, it's a stress release as well. Yeah. You just started school, and the path you choose now may be the one you follow for the rest of your life. All right, so this brings us to our main topic today, so this is, a, this is an interesting one. Last week... Well, I shouldn't say I don't give it away because it hasn't been released yet, but right. we, we talked to somebody for the first time outside of education. And so this week, we're not going outside of education, certainly outside the role necessarily of a principal and talking to assistant principals, which is kind of exciting for me because we've all been there, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of the, the path you take. Um, so we just wanted to spend some time with you guys. We have a secondary person, elementary person, and talk about how you see your role and how you support the school, the families, uh, the community, and of course, uh, the principal of the school. So... Um, yeah, so um, I think you already addressed this. Yeah, one we addressed the difference between about. the vice principal and the assistant principal. But uh, yeah, uh, we had talked about aha experiences. I yeah. think we've all kind of um, had to deal with. What was that first moment when it's like, oh wow? Uh, and, and you know, might be yeah, for me, it's kind of like, like, what have I done? What have I got? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm all, is because, there only one aha moment? There's no, not several. No, we're talking about not, not the only one, but the, the first, first one because one? Oh, it's like, you know, I, my writing joke is like, they don't teach you this in principal school. This yes. is just not no, something you're yeah. prepared for. There's so much of that OJT, right? That on the job oh, yeah. training, yes, just absolutely. going through experiences. Well, I remember for me, uh, when I got hired uh, by Joey Yankaskis mm -hmm. at Eucalyptus as the assistant principal, and I remember this conversation with her. Perfectly. I was working on something. I don't know if it was like either uh, our discipline plan or something like that. And she just kind of said, what do you got going over there? And, and I told her, yeah, I'm working on the discipline plan. And, and I said, I really like this because, I, you know, the way that I am, I kind of like to focus on one thing, get it done to completion, and then mm -hmm. move on to the next. Because Absolutely. the other jobs that I've had and even my interest, you focus on one thing, you get it done, and yes. move on. And I said, you know, I'm not really into multitasking. I just like to do one thing. And she, I remember her saying, she goes, yeah, right, right. She did too. And, yeah. and, and she specifically said to me, goes, yeah. You're going to have to get over that. It's hilarious because I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was really the first aha moment for me is that, mm -hmm. look, you, you got to have like 12, 15 irons in the fire at any yes. given time. You can't, you know, you can get interrupted at any time. Mm -hmm. um, there's deadlines that conflict with each other. So you, that, would, that was my first big shift in how I normally had gotten used to doing things is, is learning the importance of multitasking. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, I think that was huge for me trying to figure out um, – what method worked for me, I had post-its everywhere, and that was a train wreck, because I would leave the post-its at work, then realize, oh, what was I supposed to do? And I had pictures on my phone, it was, I think, a little just chaotic, because I am the same type of person, I just need to focus on one thing. Um, I just remember, I think my big aha when that actually happened was, Isaac was like, hey, you need to go do this, but then I had a whole bench full of kids, and it was class suspensions along with suspensionable, like, um, discipline situations, and I was like, okay, what did I get myself into? It's a little crazy. So I think that was a big aha for me just because, you know, you're an administrator. It's not just discipline. I was thinking, oh, yeah, I get to do other things. But I think at that point I was like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. What is this what I want to do? Like, you know, but I think just figuring out what works best for you and being confident and comfortable in that. So I think for one of the things my aha moment was, I'm like ambitious and I like to implement new things and I like to just go for it. And we were having a staff meeting. It's one of like the early ones in the year. And I've been quiet up, you know, in every staff meeting to that point. And in this one, we're going to talk about Read Across America. And 
Mr. Sheffield, uh, my current boss, says, you know what, I'm going to talk about it. I said, no, 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 you get to do all the fun stuff all the time. I'm going to introduce Read Across America and what we're going to do. And here I learned the lesson of you can go into things with good intentions, but you're never going to please everybody. <laughs> and so I'm all excited. I made a, like, a PowerPoint with you know, all the Dr. Seuss quotes and all this cool stuff. And I said, guys, this year we're going to really kick up you know, Read Across America. And we're going to do this, that, and this, and that. And I was so excited to present it. And then they put my head on the chopping block, <laughs> pretty oh, much. No. The, the staff was like, well, do you know that you just picked a time that, you know, the sprinklers are going to have the grass wet and we can't be out there at this oh, time. And do you understand it's in the middle of this month and that month? And you know our kids can't read and who's going to read? And the questions just kept coming, kept coming. And I felt my smile just drop, and I was like, wow, like, okay, I didn't expect all that. I thought I was going to be well-received. You should have yeah. responded to them in rhyme. We cannot sit out on the grass. <laughs> we can't. Uh, okay, we get the idea. But I remember the, the walk back to the office, you know, Matt, he says, hey, welcome to administration. Oh, right. And I, you know, I was like, yep, you're right. So you got your badge. You were like, okay. Exactly. Would you, could you in the room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. What about you, Eric? What was one of your big ahas? You know, I have a couple that come to mind. One of them is very similar to yours. I mean, and, and I'll just I'll keep it very anonymous, but it was the first time that a teacher was really angry with me. You know, I got into this role because I felt, and when you're a teacher, right? I mean, you can be everybody's friend. Mm -hmm. your, your team, everybody loves you. And you're relational and you're positive on your campus. People are going to be drawn to you. And so I ran with that and thought, well, I can do that as, as an administrator. I can just be positive. Everybody's going to flock to me. They're going to love me. and They're going to like my ideas. And and, you know, the first time that didn't happen, I, I was crushed. I, you know, I had a teacher walk in my office um, for a particular reason I won't go into, but but she was upset with the decision I had made. And, and in that moment, I was just honestly, like, stunned. Like, I didn't know how to respond. Right. I was just like, I, I, I can't believe you're mad at me, you know? So, um, so that was kind of the first aha. It's like, like you said, it's like understanding culture, understanding the school, and anticipating um, those kinds of outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. And those times when you know I can't please everybody in this right. situation, being able to anticipate that and, you know, trying to solve a problem without creating more, exactly. you know? And, and so that was that moment, like, like, and even reflecting on it, like, I probably could have handled that differently. I can, you know, get to a point at that first moment, I could not appreciate why that teacher was upset. Mm -hmm. But it was a growth opportunity for me and being able to, okay, pause, step back, see their point of view, like, okay, yeah, I could see why that would have made them feel the way that it feel that it felt. And then my second one just really quickly was uh, the first time I, 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 uh, had was asked to come support a very challenging student who was, um, in the back of his car in his undergarments. And <laughs> the parent asked me to come help get him out of the car cause he won't come to school. And, uh, so the hatchback opens and I'm standing. The first thing that happens is the shoe was long in my head. <laughs> so the first thing I do is do one of these, right? And then the student called me a, a litany of words that I can't say here. Um, I will never at that moment, a little, I'm talking second grade. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and on one hand, it was like funny. It was like, oh my gosh, what, and that was, what have I gotten myself into? Mm -hmm. I, I'd never experienced that in my classroom level, right? Um, but at the same time, it really hit home the gravity of the work that I had to do to support these kids and these families. So I was like, I, I know what my mission is. I know what I have to do to yeah. support these kids. These kids need so much more than I ever anticipated. Yeah, and that, that's a valuable lesson that you had mentioned too, Mike, is that, you know, we all realize you can't please everybody. Right. And, you know, if, if you're... If you're pleasing everybody, it probably means you're being wishy-washy or you're changing your stance on things, which creates a way bigger problem. And, you know, the most the most 
clearly this that was ever demonstrated to me was what we called at my last school the case of the frowny face emoji nachos. Okay. Um, because what we had tried to do, and we still try to do, um, one of the things we learned from Southwest, Southwest Airlines, easy for me to say, Southwest Airlines <laughs> is, is, you know, to, uh, to serve your customers. So what we had tried to do, and we did, uh, we would set up a lemonade stand in the car pickup. So when the parents came to pick up their kids, we'd give them lemonade. So the first day we did this, we were serving nachos. We had the nacho cheese out there, and we made the little trays. And as they came through, we just gave them a free, free thing of nachos. It was awesome. They, they appreciated it. Well, after we were done, a mom came running into the <laughs> office because she wasn't car pickup. She was walk-up gate pickup. You know, That's she she was yeah. upset because they didn't get their nachos. So on social media that night, uh, we got a, a comment on our school's social media page. It says, "Be nice if they gave the free nachos to everybody." Frowny face. <laughs> you know, so that was that was the oh, case man. of the frowny no face and nachos. No, yeah, And you know, and there's there's a lesson there too because it's like. Even if you don't benefit personally, don't you appreciate going to a school right. that cares enough about their parents to give them free nachos or free yeah, lemonade so. or snow cones or whatever? Yet, but yeah. Right. Um, yeah, we also want to talk about, you know, the, one of the most important, uh, you know, things that we develop is the relationship between the principal and the assistant principal or the vice principal. Uh, a former uh, deputy superintendent or assistant superintendent in the district put it best, make your principal look good. Yes. That's number Absolutely. one on the assistant principal's job description. So let's talk about that a little bit, the kind of the relationship that, that, that exists. And Carrie, feel free to jump in here on any of this. You're just a no, no, no. She's not allowed to. You talk. do not. I spend all day trying to correct and make my principal look good. Go. <laughs> well, Eric, Eric good and I, well Eric and I are very lucky because we both work with assistant principals who are way smarter than we are. <laughs> so, so, so that that makes our job much easier than it otherwise would be. But what are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, specifically, when do you when do you support and when do you push back and how do you push back if you need to? Yeah, I think. Um, well, I with Faisal, you must have to. I was going to say, there's a lot of. You've got to have a lot of opportunities. Well, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not even. I don't. I shouldn't have an opinion just because I feel like I've been an administrator for like two minutes. So um, I think it's just different. I think the vice principal role is completely different at a secondary level in, in regards to with the principal. So I'll just speak, obviously, from this role right now. And I think the number one thing that he and I could. The, the best way we've meshed together is just to get to know each other on a personal level. Not so much, you know, um, how am I going to make you look good? You know, what kind of things, holes do I need to help cover? What kind of holes do you need to help me improve upon? Um, I think that was number one. And I think the first, I would say two months, it was just a matter of getting to know each other, how we tick, that kind of thing. Um, and I will say uh, each year so far, we've had a situation where I wasn't backing down and he wasn't backing down and and what was nice about it is because of the relationship that we spent building the first two months it really allowed us to say no I'm putting my cards on the table I don't I'm supporting kids or my stance or whatever the case may have been on both our ends and I think it really just allowed us to lay everything on the table let it marinate for a little bit but then honestly come back in the conversation and just be like, okay, this is where we're at and not taking it personal. You know, I think that's probably the biggest thing is it's not personal. It's not, he's not attacking me. I'm not attacking him. Um, I will say most recently, I think a lot of it's just having to manage stress and putting um, ego on the side. We actually just had this conversation this week, just in regards to not that, you know, um, just how people work. Like, I think if people are open and are putting their ego at the door 
and just coming wholeheartedly with your talents and being humble and everything like that, you're going to move mountains. You know, I think uh, that is something that we both do now. And it's not about my plan or his plan. It's our plan. And how can we do that to support students, our teachers, and the community? So, Seeking to get it right, not to be right. Exactly. And yeah. uh, I'm just thankful for it because I didn't get that experience with Isaac just because it was a different role. Um, and I think doing that now is going to allow me to see that growth in the future. Yeah. So and That relationship is important too. Just you need time. Absolutely. The way these roles have to work in sync and, and the frenetic pace of school life. Right. Taking and, the time to be intentional about getting to know each other and how they tick. And you talk about filling holes and filling gaps. That's that's certainly important. Yeah. important. And just distance learning as a whole, trying to navigate it through this. Like I'm like, oh, I think I've been an administrator, an AP longer in distance learning than I have just in regular oh, life. That's, true. <laughs> that's a good point. That's true. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot of the points you touched on, it's the same for me. I think from day one, uh, you know, Matt's amazing at building culture, and you know, I walked in and. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I was great at in my classroom was the curriculum piece and pushing kids and striving to do better. And I, you know, that's, I like trying new things and going deeper in lessons. And so I was excited to do that with the whole staff, but learning the culture piece and the importance of that, it's such a important thing because you balance um, both things out and you can't have one without the other. And Matt's so great. I, I've been a sponge the whole time I've been there with him. And since day one, it was, hey, it's us, it's we, mm -hmm. we're a team. And he's really instilled that in me. Uh, and he, we walked, my first three months, we were just walking with him, being his shadow and learning from him and watching everything he did. And he always said that, you know, he never wants there to be something that the staff would come to him and he not know about that I already knew about and vice versa. And uh, communication is so important between me and him. We share an office. We talk constantly. We're constantly joking and talking. And, there, and that's been great so many times because there's been times I come back from an observation, I tell them about it, hey, uh, so-and-so's uh, killing it in the classroom, they're doing great things. And that person walks by him and he says, hey, Ponce told me that you're doing right. this, this, this in the classroom, and it's amazing. And, so, and then vice versa, it's worked for me as well. Mm -hmm. And it just shows how strong our communication is. Uh, one of my favorite lines I actually learned from the person sitting next to me, Miss Calderon here, uh, because last year when I had to take on the science coordinator uh, position, I was completely lost. It was just dumped on me. I no one had a, a book for it, what to do. I didn't even know where to start. And that's like the thing that they do. It's just like here you go. Oh yeah, just take it. And Generally, if you're not at the meeting when they decide who's going to be in charge, of oh, yeah, yeah. I was the nose ghost. No, I wasn't, I wasn't even there. Uh, well, I knew I was in for it when at the very next district leadership meeting, everyone's like, "Man, good luck, good luck." Oh, what do you do? And I got, uh, I turned to Matt, I'm like, man, how come you made me take this? Because now everyone's making me seem like it's going to be the worst position ever. Uh, but Jen was a savior for that. I called her a million times, and that's kind of how we got to be close. And she said, uh, teamwork makes the dream work. And and ever since you said that, I've said that to I don't know how many people since, because that's what it's all about. And, you know, even on the site, that's, you know, you and your co-administrator, it's that teamwork, making that dream work for the entire campus. Right. And moments that we've also had our disagreeing uh, moments, and that's when we also we walk away a little bit, and we kind of start working on something else. There's always something else to work on. Okay, let's work on this, and we'll come back to that video, or come back to that idea. And then once we do, we usually see like, all right, you had a point with that, or I had a point with that, and um, and but it's building that connection at the beginning was the key. Yeah. 
Now, the communication is good, and I, I know, Eric, you and I feel the same way about what I kind of wanted to talk about next is the importance of having an assistant principal that balances your strengths uh, and weaknesses um, because that's it's so important. And, and while it's great to have somebody that you're working with that's just like you because then you sure. agree on everything, you have the same strengths, but you also have the same weaknesses, and it, it, it can create gaps for your school. Uh, so one of the things that that we always try to do when we're hiring a new assistant principal. And it's mm -hmm. it's tough because if somebody comes in and you connect on every level right. and they yeah. seem exactly, you have the same interest, the same points of reference, mm -hmm. the same thing, it's easy to say, that's that's the person I right. want. Exactly. Um, but it might not be the best thing where it's the person that might have an expertise in an area where you don't. Mm -hmm. That's who you want. So you have a complete team. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I've been, I've been very... Um, I was going to say fortunate, but I've been very strategic in, <laughs> um, in, in picking the right people. But I have had both because yeah, you right. talk about Matt. Matt was my assistant principal for three years, and he and I see things exactly the same way, and, and that was great. Um, but we had the same strengths, and then we had the same areas of growth, too, so we would always have to support that with our staff right. and everything. Um, but most of the assistant principals that I've had do have those areas of expertise that not just that they're good at and I'm not as good at it, they're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So right. it's much better to have an assistant principal do something they're passionate about right. rather than me do it because, all right, I guess I better do this. Mm -hmm. They're going to do it and love it and spend as much time as it needs. And as long as you have that balance, uh, I think that's it. How do you guys feel? Um, what's your experience with that in your role? And Eric, too, feel great. Absolutely. And, and that's how, you know, I was about to mention that as well. I've always been told I hire people that have different strengths as you. And I see the value of it now, especially mm -hmm. in this role. If we were exactly the same, we would be struggling in so many areas. And it's great because he doesn't like technology, but I love it. And so then, you know, I can make him shine in that area. He can make me shine in the other areas. And together, you know, we're, we're doing that for our staff. We're making our campus look better. We're making our school look better. And, you know, we, it's just, it also keeps things a little bit fresh because I'm constantly learning from him. He's learning from me. So it makes it exciting every day. I would agree with that. Um, I think, I don't know if people know that Faisal and I worked together for a couple of years at Oak Hills. He oh, left his very junior that. and worked there. But it wasn't like, we were in the same department, but, you know, I was like, oh, it's Faisal. Like, I don't really know, <laughs> know him, you know? So when the opportunity uh, came and I was appointed, I was, I was actually a little nervous because we're two science brains, you know? Like, that's a certain type of person, you know? But I think um, just in regards to him, he's very culture oriented he's just you know chucking and chucking to jive in like we're family you know and I think that's important and you know he always told me he's like you know you bring so many different things to the table and it's just you know filling those holes and figuring it out but I would I will say this like whatever I'm bringing to the table which obviously is tech that kind of stuff um it really allows him to grow and I've seen him you know increase in what he's doing he built a spreadsheet within the last uh, month and he's like look at it Jen it's so pretty and he's like, <laughs> because, I had because spreadsheets is your hobby yeah, I know, that's right. exactly. that's a true he's like he's like I love it I understand now I get it like he he drank the Kool-Aid so yeah. I was like I'm very happy for that <laughs> the but, spreadsheet cult yes I know it's, it's yeah, gonna right. happen it's gonna happen and they so. can tell you exactly how many there are and that's exactly what he was bragging about but um i will say that yeah i think that's just a huge component of just building that great relationship right. and yeah that's kind of where i'm at I, if i can chime in for a moment one of the things I've, I've worked with three different principals now as an ap and i definitely feel like one of the 
the things that I always try to touch base with Eric on every day is we try to find a moment where we can laugh. Oh yeah. The jobs that we have are not easy and they're often in a place of growth for people who maybe don't want to grow or, but need the growth or a place that's difficult for a parent or a child. And so just coming together at the end of the day and kind of doing some kind of optimistic closure, some kind of great shared laughter together always kind of lets us leave and then look forward to coming back the next day to do the difficult work. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think I laugh more now than I ever have in any job or any career. Between Aaron and Faisal, I think, yeah, they take the cake for sure. So that's great when you can go to, oh, sorry, Aaron. It's great when you can go to work and feel that with, you know, Mm -hmm. your co administrator and you're just laughing all the time. And there's been times where he's been out uh, Mm -hmm. for an injury or this and that, and everyone's like, oh, you look a little down, you're missing your other half. But that's how much we (laughs) come. Yeah, I I would agree. But it's funny, I, you know, I kind of, Carrie, there's, you know, like all of us, she's very passionate about certain things and she can get very intense. I tease her about her intensity sometimes, but I also take it as a personal challenge to like break up that intensity a little bit. And and the more, the closer we've gotten, it's, it's a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, you know, the only other point that I think I can add to the conversation, you guys all have great ideas is, but you don't always get to pick your co-administrator, right? Um, and in Carrie and I's situation, Carrie was sent or brought to line. Um, and I didn't know Carrie at all. Um, but so in that instance, it's like, yeah, you, you know, it takes a lot of intentional work to identify what those strengths are in your co-administrator, not just for me, but I'm sure for her too, to recognize mm-hmm. areas where I'm strong that she might grow in and vice versa. And so that's taken time. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you, you know, you can't just, you know, search for somebody that's going to compliment you, but sometimes somebody is just handed to you and it's like, okay, how are we going to make this work? Um, that's going to benefit the whole school. Ultimately, mm-hmm. it's not just going to benefit me, but um, filling those gaps and identifying where her strengths are. That's been a growth area for me, having my second assistant principals being intentional about trying to identify, this is a strength for her. I need to give it to her and get out of the way, mm-hmm. get out of her yeah. way. You know, one example yeah. of that is, you know, our school was recently given an elementary school counselor, which is a first in our district, in the history of our district. And we are so excited. That's her wheelhouse. That's her strength. So I've been intentional about letting her and that counselor build that relationship, create that plan for mm-hmm. our school, provide support and, you know, guidance and recommendations, but ultimately just trying to step out of the way and let the people that know the most just grow and run with that program. So, yeah. Point. So um, I guess if we could ask you, what is it, yeah, Mike and Jen, what is it, and Carrie, what is it that you most need from, from your principal? I think, hey, we can make this a learning experience for us, Eric. Because sure. um, it's probably a question we should ask. But we're speaking in general terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to be too specific, Carrie. Carrie. Only for this also, Carrie, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, a global uh, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I can see you getting. Well, Eric, since you asked. Yeah, go for it, Gary. Um, I feel like I feel like the best gift that he's actually given to me since I've been at Lime was the ability to come to him and say, "So I need to talk to you, and it's going to be difficult because I, it's going to be hard for me to grow in this." Space where I've made a mistake. I need to be vulnerable with you right now. I said it to him sometimes. Like, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. I just need you to hear me and help me through it. And um, I really value that about him because in the space where I've made a mistake or I'm challenging myself or I'm letting down my pride, 
Eric has done so well about receiving that for me that it allows me to grow and trust him in that space. It's been huge for me as a as an AP. Takes a long time to get there. Yeah. That relationship. Yeah, that's the part that's that gratifying about the relationship, though, right? How long it takes you and the work that it takes you there. If it just like was a snap, I don't think I would appreciate it as much. So I'm very thankful for the growth that we have as individuals together and as professionals together. Right, and now it? it's enough sucking up. I'm gonna. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is going way better than I ever anticipated. Yeah, well. Let's just run with this. Yeah. Idea. Keep going. What else you got? Yeah. Start with the idea of Eric fantastic. Maybe we should change the question. What is it about principals that you find the most awesome? No, yeah. um, but no, how, how else can we support our assistant principals from your um, point of view? I think just the amount of belief. Like, uh, I don't know about other assistant principals, but I think for me, a lot of the process is like, this is my role. This is what I'm focusing on and not necessarily looking at the next step. Like, that's not me. I'm very like, I'm focused on the here and now, um, just based off life experiences and things like that. So I think um, what Faisal does for me, and I think even what Isaac did for me, is just believing in me and making it known because I'm just a person that's like in it. Like I just focus on the task at hand and, and where I'm at. Um, and I think allowing me to see the potential of the future and, and focusing in on that, but really focusing in on the talents and traits and giving me things that I'm passionate about and focusing in on that. And same thing kind of like what you said is, is giving that to somebody and letting go. And mm -hmm. I think that goes along with things we talked about earlier is just like that ego part, you know, like right. we're here together for the betterment of the school. Like we're just going to focus in on that. And I think that's something that's powerful just in regards to, no, I believe in you. You can do this. And just instilling that within your AP. I agree. So, it's that, that trust piece. I think that's like the biggest thing is you trust me to run with this. And, you know, if you think of a student in your class, like if you let them run with the idea or what they're really involved in, they're going to naturally learn more and they're going to give you their all in class. And then as a teacher, my principal, like going again to Mr. Skinner, like let me do whatever in my class as long as I was, you know, teaching that curriculum. But he let me teach it however I wanted to and get crazy and have off the wall. crazy, was there? This is true. I just heard this story this morning. Uh -oh. It was a situation involving uh, some administrator's kids and a hockey stick. Oh, well, there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy things that would happen. I don't know. I mean, I just heard it this morning, and he was talking about being allowed to do anything in his classroom. I heard oh, yeah. about a hockey stick. Oh know. yeah, he. You know, it's funny because before, yeah, I didn't have his first son until I think my fourth year teaching. So for all the years, like, you know, Ponce, you know, get crazy with your kids and anything you need tech-wise, I'll buy it for you. And you want it, let's put it in your classroom. And it was like, I was like, man, this is amazing. This principal <laughs> is banking so much on me. And I would push my kids and we'd do crazy activities. And I, when I first took on his first son, it was like, well, maybe you should scale back, and you should scale back, and, I, and, I, and then you would, and, and then, and then I told him one day I said, "Hey, you let me run it all this time when I didn't have your son." In translation: and, The kid went home crying. Right, and, yeah. and we've done great things. Nothing should change now. You should still have that same trust in me. He's like, "You're right." Walked out the door like that was it, and he didn't once say another thing about it, and. We kept doing crazy wow. things. But yeah, I did have both his sons one year in my class. One was a sixth grader, one was a fifth. And we were playing hockey. And these two were so competitive with absolutely They were playing everything. hockey in the classroom. In the classroom, yeah. On top of the desks. No, no, no. <laughs> we were outside. and But they were so competitive with everything. And they were going for the puck. And, I, and I could, it was almost like slow motion. I could see it happening. <laughs> and the stick just escapes one of their, you know, the pressure panel was released. The stick goes flying and it goes right into the other one's mouth. 
and the whole, all like four frontiers, oh, five frontiers, oh, just man. crumble onto the floor. It looked like Tic Tacs is all falling. <laughs> and uh, I could look I at the, chiclets is, yeah. what, is the term <laughs> hockey players I, use. I look at my one of the other kids in my class. I'm like, Luke, pick up his teeth, go to the office. <laughs> And Luke is not one of the brothers, and so it's just another kid in the class, and he picks up the teeth, does what I say, and they all three go to the office together. Oh, and I, you know, he's one of his sons sitting there crying, the one had the teeth knocked out, obviously. And I'm like, take a picture, take a picture. These are the moments we're going And he's crying, I'm like, no, no, because no, we're going to one day look back and laugh at this. It's going to be great. You know, and then another time, it's just going to walk up to me, it's like, Punts, I know this is not true, but is it true? You were giving haircuts to your kids, and I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. So, man, I, I was hoping. <laughs> I had no idea where this was going to go. You know that it's bad when the when the principal comes up and says, I know this couldn't possibly be yeah. true. And then, <laughs> and then it turns out. Yeah. 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 And it was just, you know, we we're having a good time. And it only started with one kid because, you know, there was this one vacation. We came back, and this kid had this new haircut, and he was on fire right when he got that haircut. And I noticed, like, you know, after a few weeks, like, three weeks, he kind of wasn't, like, the same fireball anymore. He was kind of, like, you know, quiet again, reserved. And I said, man, I want the old Andrew back, the one with the haircut. And I said, like, if you don't step it up, we're going to give you a haircut. And he was laughing. And then I brought clippers one day, and I buzzed please, his Please head. tell me you called the parent ahead of time. Oh, I didn't, actually. So <laughs> now, oh now looking back. <laughs> but. <laughs> but then, he didn't get fired. He got promoted. Yeah, he didn't get fired. But the worst part What's was the that... statute of limitations <laughs> on a bad haircut. Oh my god! And I don't know how to cut hair, so it looks horrible. The, oh the bad part was that not only did I not call that kid's parents, but then the next kid, Miss Pons, can you cut mine? Sure. <laughs> and the next one, on a roll at this point. So, I would imagine what those phone calls were in oh. the admin office. So thank you so much, Ben, if you listen to this. <laughs> Because not only does he listen, he's a former guest. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I never once heard Principal about a Skinner. I, you know, I know so much of Mr. Skinner makes so much sense now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you guys exactly. have put him through. I spent so much of my career making sure I don't get fired, and now Pons is teaching me it's a lot harder to get fired. It's a lot harder than you guys think. Harder than I thought it would be. Oh, you worried bad. about a lot of nothing. Yeah. Okay. But that, that trust he gave me, you know, helped me grow, I guess, as a teacher and take <laughs> yes. challenges, take Help risks. Learn what not to do. <laughs> What not to do. Really, There's the title of your book when you write it. It helped me grow, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. And But, you know, and then when I started into the AP role, that's the same thing, you know, my principal has done is he, well, not let me cut hair in there or anything, but he has <laughs> let me. the teacher haircuts there. He, oh, yeah. Oh, the, but he has let me grow. He really trusts me. And, you know, you want it, you're passionate about it, go for it. And you know, let's run with it. And, you know, he really trusts me, which is great. And then also he challenges me. And that being vulnerable piece that Carrie was talking about too, it's, you know, you, I want him to point out my flaws also so I can grow. I want him to challenge me. And, you know, every few months, like, let's reflect on how the last few months went. What can you have done differently? What, you know, what can we do to take you to the next level? So trust and challenge are two of the big things I want my principals always do for me. All right. Well, I think usually we end with something fun and crazy, but I think it's just a natural segue from the last 45 minutes, to be honest with you. You can't be funny and be the principal of a prep school. We like to wrap up with an extra credit question, uh, we like to call it. Um, something a little bit fun, a little bit quirky, a little bit off the beaten path. So sure. the, the question for this time is if animals could talk, 
which one would be the rudest? So when we say rude, we don't necessarily mean just the language, just the overall attitude, demeanor, things they said, the way they acted towards others. Uh, if they could talk, what would they say and, and who would be or what would be the rudest animal? So who wants who wants to kick this one off? I, you know, I, I went with kind of what I thought was the obvious. And I'm going to go with the cat. I mean, it's a thing. <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of experience with cats. But you just think about cats through like Hollywood perspective, right? Right. I mean, there's this cat that I just learned recently died. He was named Grumpy Cat. You know, he was like right. the, the source of a, a million memes and gifs and. You know, he was a celebrity for being grumpy. I mean, because that's just what cats do. I mean, you think about the like the Siamese cats from uh oh gosh, what was it, Lady in the Tram? Oh yeah, go around and thrash so the mean, house, yes. and then they blame it on the dog. I think they get the dog in trouble. Um, you know, um, Garfield. Mm -hmm. I thought Garfield, Garfield was hilarious, but yeah. grumpy. Oh, yeah. the cats in the Rallo was grumpy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Mr. Yeah. Bigglesworth. I mean, oh, he didn't yeah. really have a big role. He wasn't pleasant to look at. So, yeah. you know, no. cats cats make you earn their trust and, and earn their affection and love, but uh, they can also turn their nose up at you and walk away just as easily. So. What would a cat's voice sound like, Eric? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> it would sound condescending <laughs> and rude. I, you know, I'm thinking of like a like a Joe Pesci. Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> you, know, are you talking to me? Yeah. No, I'm not going to get off the couch. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking something from Goodfellas, maybe. All right. Um, I would have to go with pigeon, and I only say this because they are everywhere. Like, no matter where they go, they just start talking, and I can't do any kind of New York accent. But it, along the lines of what you guys just did, yeah. I just think of them as just mean things like they kind of have the stigma of being like dumb and kind of flighty but i really think they're strategic in what they do and they're like i'm just gonna go to the bathroom and i'm just gonna go set up a nest here you know so i just think that they can go wherever they want and they're gonna do whatever they want i got so, your statue right here buddy exactly you know? <laughs> so oh you were wearing a nice shirt today no you're not you know so they just they can do whatever they want so that's kind of where i'm at for me i you know i think a camel is what comes to mind because they just look rude. They look grumpy. You know, it's kind of like, man, I wish I was a horse, but nobody wants to ride me. <laughs> like, you know, and then, yeah. It could have been something. I could have been something. Like, for their stupid hunchback. If it wasn't for the hump, yeah. And then, you know, I have to, been a contender. I have to be in the desert. You know, they're, you know, they're constantly spitting. Uh, I picture them with, like, a cigarette in their mouth, right? And then, well, there's a reason yeah. for that. Yeah, there's a reason for that. But, yeah, they just seem like a rude animal. <laughs> you know, in, in the pre-show, I guess, you know, you said, Cam, I'm like, where is he going to go with this? Yeah. Surpass my expectations. Totally made a case. Yeah. Well, as usual, I think I've overthought this. <laughs> uh, I, I first thought the bigger animals... Mm -hmm would be the least likely to be rude because, you know, if you're at the top of the food chain, if you're a lion, if you're a lion, um, you don't have to have an attitude. It's like, yeah, you know, I could eat you. I know I could eat you. We don't need to have a big thing about it. And I think the best example of this would be Mufasa from the Lion King. Um, he just totally chill, just laid back. I'm king of all that I can see, except for the shadowy place out there. I think Scar, he had an attitude, but I think he was more of an outlier. Mm -hmm. So, or an outlion, maybe. I know. <laughs> um, sorry. <You're> so... <laughs> These are the jokes, people. Um, but the animal that I'm selecting is is the goose. Uh, I've got some personal experience uh, with, with rude geese um, running in an area that has a lake. Uh, what I've noticed, you never see one goose by itself. Either they're flying in a, in a flock or, or whatever a group of geese is called. It's called it's, oh, let's go with flock. I'm sure there's an official term for it. But they're either flying in, in a group or it's like two of them. 
And whenever you see two geese together, it's like one big one and one little one. And the little one is always the one with the attitude, but he makes the big one do the dirty work. Right. So if you're running by, it's the big goose that's going to come out. But it's not like mean. It's not like New York anger. It's more like old man's get out of my yard mm -hmm. anger. And I've got some personal experience with that too because there was a guy that lived across the street from me in New Jersey named Mr. Wagner. And if you hit your wiffle ball into his front yard, you never saw that wiffle ball again. <laughs> and if you went over there, it's like, no, the wiffle ball's mine now. And he wore one of those hats with the feathers in it. Um, I have this picture of him. So that's what I picture as a, as a goose. A goose is the is the um, aviary, <laughs> the, <laughs> nice. the, the, the aviary reincarnation of my former across the street neighbor, right. Mr. Yes. Wagner. Um, it's deeply personal. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I've got a, I've got a thing with geese. They're they're they're, they're not nice. Uh, so there you go. So this brings us to our our final section, I guess, of our podcast, and that is our uh, our fact check, and then we'll wrap it up. So. I don't know, Miss uh, Miss Carrie Lewis. Do you have anything there for us? No, Chris was struggling with a, a flock of geese, as it were. Did you have any anything for us? Yes. Um. You know, I like to save some of the best ones for last. So okay. I will start with a group of geese, actually. Um. And thank you, Wikipedia. A group of geese is given um, a collective noun on the basis of their place. Okay. A group of geese on land. Is called a gaggle. A gaggle, and in flight, yeah, in flight, it becomes a skein, team, or wedge. Wow. Of geese. And you know what a, a group of geese yeah. that's walking on land slowly is called? That would be a lollygaggle. <laughs> <laughs> he comes up with this stuff all day oh, long, folks. <laughs> what else you got, Carrie? The next one I have, Chris. You were talking about along with that conversation about geese. You were also talking about a hat. And I believe it's kind of iffy, but I believe you might have been talking about a fedora, which is actually from 1882. You talked about a feather. Um, feathers can be placed in many different kinds of hats, but I'm thinking that it's the fedora from 1882. And it was actually originally a woman's hat. Wow. Is my wife has some explained. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> and then the last one, an unexpected one without a doubt, is the virtual video, and I thought I would uh, you know, let you have the title on this one. Uh, this teacher and students 53 seconds. It wasn't a minute long. Fact <laughs> oh, <laughs> checked on your own viral video. Fact check. <laughs> Handshake routine that you can find on YouTube thanks to ABC News. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you as always, Carrie. I love it. Uh, were you able to find the student that had his hair cut uh, in sixth grade <laughs> to see how he's doing? <laughs> All right, guys. I don't well, want to tell, I don't want to yeah, tell let's keep that picture hidden. That's, that's <laughs> evidence, guys. <laughs> awesome stories. We appreciate you guys spending time with us today. This was fun. Yes, thank, thank you, you guys very so much. much the yeah, yeah, we enjoyed it. So uh, we're gonna wrap up here. And once again, folks out there listening, please make sure you give us a listen. You can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and wasn't there one recently added? Uh, Pandora. Pandora. Yeah, you can Pandora, find us on Pandora. Too. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, so we'll post uh, some fun content there as well. So don't forget to click, like, uh, subscribe, give us a review, and uh, we will see you next time on Alone with Our Principles. All right, we've got another special segment we'd like to add this time, and maybe we'll do this every month or sure. so, every once in a while. We've got two special guests. We've got Olivia and Jacob. Hello, Jacob and Olivia. Hi. So we decided that we're going to let you ask each of us a question. So Olivia, you can ask me a question. And then Jacob, you can ask your dad, Mr. Land, a question. So Olivia, what's your question? Were you bad in school? Was I bad in school? Oh, that's a good question. I think in general I was not bad, but I could get into some mischief from time to time. 
I was known, and I know this will surprise you, I would crack jokes in class all the time. Are you guys surprised? You guys know Mr. Moore. Yeah. Surprised and, jokes? Yeah. Um, you know, I would wisecrack when the teacher was trying to teach or, or things like that. But I never did anything that I really got in trouble for. I'm trying to think if, if I got sent to the office and, and there was one time, and, and again, that's going to be a story for another time. Um, I did go to the office once in second grade uh, for a very bad choice I made, but that's a different time. But no, I wasn't bad in kid. I, I, I liked school a lot. I was a student kind of like you guys are. I would do my homework. I would pay attention in class. I always got good grades. So yeah, thank you for that question. All right, Jacob, uh, what's your question for me? What's the most embarrassing thing that happened to you as a kid yes. in school? <laughs> That's a great question. Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, I'm stalling because those in listener land, this was not prepared. <laughs> uh, an embarrassing moment from school. And so this one, I'm, I'm going to involve um, Mrs. Land in as well because <laughs> this was, you know, we met in high school and so we were dating in high school. And, you know, this was back in the day when you could still leave campus for lunch. And okay. so, you know, but you had like 40 minutes. So, like, you were flying right. to Del Taco or the pizza place, whatever, get your slice and get back in time. And we were running late. We were in a hurry. We were in her little Geo Metro. She's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. And we're all friends. There's, there's other kids in the back seat. And she gets ready to make a turn. She's turning right. And she's holding the steering wheel with, with both hands. And one of her hands, she's also holding a soft drink cup. Oh, and as she goes to make a turn, she turns. Like <laughs> and I know you guys can't see it out there that are listening. But the entire 32-ounce fountain drink goes directly into my lap. And so I'm sitting there like... And now I have to go to class. So I had to walk to class looking like I'd wet myself. Oh, jeez. A soft drink covering me from my tummy down to my knees. So that was kind of embarrassing. Um, funny, you know, at the same time. All right. Well, thank you, Olivia and Jake. No problem. No problem. All right. <laughs>